Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. It's always interesting when we look at all the different financial products that are out there today, every single one of them have advantages and disadvantages. But then the real question is, how can you and your overall financial mosaic figure out how to maximize while at the same time minimize those very advantages and disadvantages? And by the way, how does it tie in to exactly how you balance your dollars like Stealth Ninjas to get multiple rates of return? Anyway, Today, we're going to talk about what people don't understand about life insurance. And oh, by the way, how that could be the glue or let's call it the centerpiece of all these other products to really maximize your overall wealth, minimize risk, and give you the ability to get multiple uses of each and every dollar. Now, if this is the first time you've ever heard of what life insurance actually is, basically, if you uh, buy an insurance contract from an insurance carrier, life insurance, no different than auto insurance or homeowner's insurance. And if you happen to pass away, it gives your family, your surviving spouse, uh, children, or whoever you want this to go to, a financial get-out-of-jail-free card. For example, if you bought a $1 million policy and you did pass away, then your wife, kids, or heirs would get a check tax-free, or tax-efficient, I should say, of $1 million dollars. So there's always like the question is, how does this protect us from family loss? Well, what you want to be able to do is if there's a husband, if there's a wife, if there's uh, two that work, figure out what their income is, multiply that by 20, and that should give you an idea of what kind of death benefit to pursue. For example, let's say if there's a 30-year-old male, let's say he makes 300 grand a year, and let's say he has three kids, Right. So if you take 300, you multiply it by 20, that is what, $6 million death benefit. Now, you may be like, Rob, that, that's very expensive. I can't afford it. Understood. What you want to be able to do is at least get a, a death benefit that is a lot, that is significantly higher than, let's just say, um, an employee-owned policy. So you may want to buy a million or two million or three million, whatever you could afford. And even if you have to use term insurance, which is really the inexpensive insurance only for that specific term. Understand that if you could make it um, convertible at some point, that would be great. But even if you purchase term insurance or blended it with some other kind of policies and get your way up to one, two, or three million, then it's better to have at least five or 10 years of replacement income if you can't get to 20. It's important to understand what that looks like. And this is where, you know, if you have a fiduciary, if you have an accountant, if you have an insurance agent, have them connect, have a conversation with all of them. Because remember, they work for you, you don't work for them. And you're allowed to ask these kind of questions. The rule of thumb, though, is 20 times income. If there's joint spouses, you can kind of cut that in half, but understand we don't want as horrible it is as the breadwinner to pass away and the family not have any choices. If there's a financial freedom map, um, a get out of financial free uh, card per se, it does change the game significantly. And by the way, it allows the mourning process and the decision-making process to take its own course and to take its time. There are times when a husband and a wife come in and let's say the wife is a stay-at-home 
Now, let me be clear to all you women out there, major shout out. Um, we consider you a domestic engineer, not a stay-at-home mom, probably the hardest job that's out there. So a husband might say from time to time, and or if it was a reverse role, hey, we don't, we don't need insurance on my wife. I'm the one that income needs to be replaced. Well, here's the truth. If, if you have three children and your wife does pass away, the real question is who's going to take care of the kids while you still go to work every day? I'm sure the grandmother, the aunt, the uncle, the brother, the sister, they'll tolerate that for a certain point, but at some point it's going to get tiring. So we're always going to suggest that, you know, figure out the replacement value of the domestic engineer, which by the way, is probably going to be even more than, than the income earner. And what do I mean by that? Each kid from day one, they're born to about 30 years old is about a million dollars. So I'm not saying buy a $3 million policy, but what I am saying is figure out the cost of education, figure out the cost of clothes, school, all the activities per kid for 10 years. And that should give you an idea as a starting point of what her, the wife, stay-at-home domestic engineer replacement value would look like. So it's important to understand these dynamics, great conversations, and you want to stay really in tune with understanding not just today, but later on what things could look like and always be prepared for the unexpected as best as you can. So as we're learning really like the basics of life insurance and the importance of it. Let me speed it up a little bit. And by the way, if there's anything here that is creating another question, feel free to put a question in the comment section below. Feel free to add or ask us to do other videos on other topics. We'd love to do it. Also, go ahead and click the link and hit the subscribe button. Every single day, we are bringing out new content information. We want to share as much as we can to help you make good sound decisions when it comes to your money. With that being said, let me speak on um, how, if you have debt, life insurance is another financial get-out-of-jail-free card. So I'll have some folks that are really, you know, they use their policies on a high level where they're overfunding them so they can leverage the money in a policy, still maintain a death benefit, but buy other investments. For example, real estate. So whenever you buy real estate, there's going to be debt, right? You have, you know, the mortgage, you know, which is after whatever your down payment's going to be. So let's say if somebody, for example, has um, a death benefit of a million dollars and they have cash value of, of let's say, 100000 and they borrow fifty, right? So they borrow fifty, they buy real estate, they still got the million-dollar death benefit. If the person passes away, the spouse is going to get a check for $950,000, a million minus the 50 borrowed. Now remember, the 50 that was borrowed, in this example, purchased real estate, which maybe the price of real estate's value would be two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. So understand that. Now also, you could have a couple or a husband or a wife, whatever, that has uh, consumer debt. And remember, if there's consumer debt and you have this big check that comes in the form of death benefit, it could pay off the debt. So as we work through and understand the benefits of life insurance, everything I'm describing is if uh, the breadwinner or uh, the domestic engineer happen to pass away and the family is left with a big check. If this check could pay off debt, if this check could pay for child, you know, for their children to be covered for the next 10, 20, 30 years, if this, if this death benefit could pay for the replacement value of the breadwinner of the family, well, guess what? The biggest challenge is going to be the emotional challenge, what that looks like, how that plays out. And at the end of the day, the decision making around it. You, if you're if you are the breadwinner of your family, you could always leave behind videos and you could you could send messages while alive 
to your loved ones and what your expectations would be. You could put it in a lockbox somewhere, um, but be able to kind of share what you expect. And there's some clients out there that have postmortem control, meaning, hey, uh, I'm not going to give my wife a $10 million death benefit and, and let some new person come in and steal the money. So there's certain trust that could be set up that takes care of your wife and kids forever and at the same time protects the money inside the family forever as well from invading forces. And I don't mean taxes, and I don't mean lawsuits. I mean other people that want to come and get the money like vultures. So it's always important to understand these different things, how it plays out, and the position you can put yourself in. You know, we, we, we've been going through scenarios through this video. Stay with us. The education is really good. Remember, it's there to pay off debts. It's there to help the wife and kids or the husband and kids. It's there to do so many different things, a Swiss Army knife. It's also there if you have an estate tax bill. Remember, estate taxes come in after the death of the second spouse, right? Unless there's only one spouse and there's a divorce, then the estate tax will come in. And there's all kinds of calculations that go with that. And, and what, what are the gift tax implications and unified credit, all these different things. Important things you want to talk to with your attorney, estate attorney, with your accountant, with your fiduciary. With that, the instant liquidity that a death benefit provides to pay off this tax, because usually when somebody passes away, you have nine months before you settle the estate, you can get extensions. But remember, if it's done the right way and you have the proper planning in place and you need to pay that 500, that million, that $2 million bill, and instead of having to sell a piece of real estate or sell out of the stock market, if you have a death benefit check that's coming in through a trust or even if it's coming in on its own, it can help pay estate taxes. That's important. Once again, what are we talking about? Money creates stress or money creates an abundant mindset, right? We know the stress ingredient inside our bodies is cortisol, right? If we're addicted to cortisol, addicted to stress, we're going to live a life of scarcity. If we are addicted to abundant, if we're addicted to financial freedom, money is not going to matter to us other than an instrument to do what we want, when we want, with who we want, how we want on our terms, which basically means that we are living a lifestyle outside of what everyday folk live. If you can find your place in an abundant mindset, whether you're worth $100 million, a billion, $100,000, where your expenses are covered, and, and at the end of every month, you still have money left over to do what you want that's relative to who you are, well, you're winning the game of life financially. That's an important thing to understand. Okay, so there's times, folks, when you sit down with an insurance agent and or a CFP who does business with an insurance agent, same thing, fiduciary, CFP, insurance agent, where they do business together, and they talk about the living benefits of a policy, of, a, of either a, a whole life or, or an or index universal life. And what these are and what this is are riders that are within the policy that, hey, let's say you do stay alive. Now, there's a lot of nuances, nuances in what I'm about to say right now, so this is a further private conversation that has to be dealt uh, deeper and to really be specific. But in general terms, and always double check everything I say, I say that often, in general terms, um, these living benefits basically mean you can look at the death benefit and whatever that, not, let's say it's a $2 million death benefit, and there's certain things you could access in life that death benefit for, and they call that living benefits. Whether it's long-term care, it could be some other things. Once again, it's, it's, it's checked out legally and specifically, so it's not just something where you could, hey, say, you know, let me get a piece of my death benefit and go to Vegas for the weekend. It doesn't work that way. The living benefit is meant to uh, give you dignity, especially as you're coming down the final stretch prior to shuffling off this mortal coil, a.k.a. 
nursing homes or, or you know, the last year and a half of your life, money could be freed up vis-a-vis -vis the death benefit to give you a certain level of um, freedom that you may need during that time. And there's other little goodies that go along with it, not to get too specific right now, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning into our channel. Um, as you know, we want to be able to bring in information on a daily basis, educational that sits and fits overall when it comes to money, time, and magic. And we can't thank you enough for constantly checking in. Go ahead, click the link below. Uh, once again, if you want to make an appointment with somebody, you could jump on one of the pages as well. And if you have any comments and or suggestions, feel free to leave that in the comment section. And thank you for checking us out. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.